0: Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the 22nd episode on December 8th, 2020. Let's talk about the beautiful and for most people, temporary houseplant poinsettias. And this is just a reminder that you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com or follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And don't forget to join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Let's dive in. so this podcast may be a little bit shorter and structured differently than the rest of them simply because poinsettias are so unique and like I said they're kind of a temporary house plant for most people so obviously when you hear poinsettias you think of the classic holiday flower that everyone sees that comes in a million different colors some places even put glitter on them all sorts of different random things and they are really beautiful and they do make a wonderful centerpiece but they are a pain to get to rebloom. but I am going to tell you bought it so this podcast might be a little disheartening but i'm here to just tell you the truth tell it like it is and i want to provide all of the information because i was always curious on how to get them to rebloom i remember my mom had them in winter when i was living back home like in high school and she'd set it outside in the summer and then it would just die because it would be in too much light or we'd forget to water it or something and i was always curious why they were so difficult so i wanted to look into it so here we are Gonna go over a few things obviously common name is poinsettia some people call it poinsettia but there is the ia at the end i always pronounce it wrong it is poinsettia <laughs> the botanical name is euphorbia Polcherima, which actually means very beautiful and the poinsettias are part of the Euphorbiaceae family and there's a couple other common names which is mexican flame leaf and christmas star so i'm going to start talking about where poinsettias come from natively what they look like because God knows we're not gonna find a sparkly purple one in its native habitat. So I'm gonna go over that and then I'll go into what it looks like as a houseplant, how you can get it to rebloom and all of that sorts of wonderful information. So natively, these guys come from the tropical rainforests of Mexico and Central America, typically on the south side of Mexico and Central America. And they grow in a shrub-like form that can reach upwards of 10 to 15 feet tall and wide. And it grows very similarly to kind of like a serviceberry or a lilac tree does around here, the multi-stem versions, because I know they have regular tree form as well. So they kind of grow in that sort of shape. And the colors that are traditionally found Mexico and South America are the bright red and white, but they've been hybridized like crazy. They're anywhere from a peach, the burgundy, light pink, variegated pink, pink with white, all over the board. It changes over so quickly because so many new varieties are coming up and being hybridized. So natively, you won't find those crazy varieties, but you will find them in white or red. In their native habitat in the months of really April and May, the leaves are just at that plain green and eventually the tops of the plant or basically the top leaves start turning red or white and when the leaves start turning colors are called bracts and those bracts begin to really evolve into those bright colors in that deep leaf changing. So I don't know if you've ever noticed, but those leaves are actually not a flower. They're simply just a leaves changing color, kind of like our plants do in the fall around here, like the burning bush that turns that bright red. Same thing, just a little bit more difficult than how ours is. So once the leaves start turning that red and white, that basically means that the winter days are coming up and they become much shorter days. So the shorter days meaning the daylight span is around 12 hours or less and that is true for about 10 weeks. So that color will stay for a long time and then Almost once February or March hits, those leaves just begin to drop, and then they're soon replaced with brand new green leaves, and then the whole process starts all over again. In its native habitat, eventually the bottom leaves start to drop, and it's almost like the tree turns into somewhat of a canopy, not like a large maple canopy, but the bottom part of the plant doesn't have any leaves on it and just the top continues to get those new green leaves and then eventually changes colors. Those drop, they become green again and so on and so forth. So that's what they look like in their native habitat and hopefully that gives you a good visual for that kind of environment that they're in. Now let's delve into the house plant information and the other fun facts. So as a house plant, typically poinsettias come as a temporary thing into your home because they are notoriously hard to get to re bloom. But we're going to go over that info and hopefully, if you want to try it, go for it. And hopefully, I'll give you all the information you need here. But we're going to start with kind of water requirements. So, for watering, you want to make sure that they are just dry kind of on the top level of their soil before you rewater. You don't want them standing in water. So, these plants need a little bit more moisture than maybe your average houseplant like a monstera or something like that it will tell you when they need water the leaves start to droop a bit I wouldn't wait till it gets to that point but if the top layer of soil is dry then water them you want to make sure there is drainage to help prevent overwatering and standing water and most of the time the poinsettias will come in that colored foil as decoration around the holiday time. That's fine to leave that on there, but every time you water it, you want to make sure you empty that. Otherwise, it'll be sitting in water in the bottom of that foil. In its native habitat in Mexico and Central America, it is a little bit higher humidity, therefore adding some humidity to their environment will definitely help them, although it's Not necessary, but it will help the overall health of your plant. So for sun requirements, they typically thrive in bright indirect light or filter light, meaning placing them in a west or a south facing window or just off of a west or south facing window. And for the holidays, it's really okay to keep shifting them around, especially if you're using them for decoration. That's no big deal. It's not like they're going to lose their color because you put them on the dining room table for a day. That's really no big deal. So a lot of people just buy them for decoration and then just throw them out, which It's fine if that's your use for them because they're pretty cheap nowadays because they're everywhere, but if you're a houseplant person like me and want to keep them for after the holidays, putting them on the table for a day or two is not going to ruin them. So just when you aren't using them as a decoration, keeping them by a south or west facing window is best for the plant. Temperature is pretty important for these too, so You want to keep them right around temperatures of 65 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit once they start blooming. And we'll go over a little bit more about the temperature changes and how that will affect poinsettias in a minute. But just keep them out of drafty windows and doors because that could alter the bloom length or the leaf color length. Also avoid putting them up against windows because that I know that's not like a necessarily a drafty window, but your window pane is always way colder than the actual temperature of your house. So that could affect your plant, too. So let's get into the more complicated part of how to get this thing to rebloom after it's bloomed for your holiday celebrations and whatnot. So after it blooms in winter and it starts losing its color probably around March and April, you want to let the whole plant start drying out a little bit more than you typically would. So allow more than just that top layer of soil to dry out before you rewater. Once spring rolls around, maybe around April or May, you're going to want to cut the plant back, cut it back around four to six inches, but make sure some leaves are still present on the plant. And then once... Spring rolls around or basically once there's really no chance of frost, if you're in an environment that you're worried about that, usually around May, sometimes June, move your poinsettia outside where it can be placed in an area of plenty of morning light. If you put it in, you know, on the south side of your house, direct sunlight, it might burn the leaves a bit, but it does prefer to be in filtered light or morning light. Once you start seeing that new growth come out and emerging, you're going to begin fertilizing it either with an all-purpose fertilizer. I've seen people that I've looked at reviews online of other blog posts or whatnot out there. People said they've used a high phosphorus fertilizer or an all-purpose fertilizer whatever you prefer. The Complete Houseplant Survival Manual by Barbara Pleasant recommends using a high phosphorus fertilizer. This will help the overall health of the bracts or the leaves and really sustain them for a long period of time. Also, once you start to see new growth emerging from those places you cut from, you can actually start pinching them back which will allow your plant to grow much more full over time and that's how you get that really dense foliage during your holiday season. Pinching back basically means you pinch it or you just trim the very tip of a new stem off it's not like you're cutting inches down again you're just pinching off that top part that allows the energy of the plant to really think okay well that's gone now I have to move my focus to somewhere else and then it starts pushing out new leaves in different areas that it wasn't considering because it was only considering that top growth at the moment if that makes sense If you've had your poinsettia for a little bit, you might wanna consider repotting it, but I wouldn't repot it till summertime, really close to end of summertime, and really only if it's necessary. So if your plant is getting root bound and needs to be moved to a new pot, that's really the only time you need to do it. Once your outdoor temperature or your nighttime temperature gets closer to 40 degrees Fahrenheit or a little bit warmer than that at night, that's when you move them in. So you're trying to mimic its native environment. So like I had said earlier, in Mexico or Central America, when the plant begins to turn color is when the days get shorter and the temperatures do drop because it is winter down there. So again, nightly temperatures get around 40. Don't go below that. Move your plant inside. And this is where it gets complicated and where people... Don't really want to put the time and effort into it because once you move it inside, it's very important that you keep it in complete darkness for about 14 hours. Complete darkness, like no lamps, no grow lights near it, no Christmas lights, no TV light, nothing. Any kind of light can affect it and it could throw off the whole brack, bloom, and color changing cycle. Crazy, right? So, I was reading online of how other people were doing it. I saw one review. There's a lady in San Francisco that says she kept her poinsettia in a south facing window. And because the days obviously get shorter, it naturally changed the sunlight. She doesn't put it in a different spot to get the non bright light, more darkness. But she does open the window when it gets cooler outside to allow the plant to get those colder temperatures and she said hers changes color every year. So, that was interesting to learn. I also saw that people cover their plants with boxes or sheets to make sure it does get complete darkness because I'm thinking right now if I really try to get this thing to rebloom and I want to keep it in total darkness, I'm going to have to like put it in the basement every day and then bring it back up. I don't know if I could actually mimic that. It would be very hard. I have to figure that out. But It's something that I think I will try just for the heck of it, because why not? Um, I haven't tried it before, but I definitely wanted to learn why it was so complicated to get the plant to change. But it's very interesting learning from that lady from San Francisco that just made sure she opened the window when it got a bit colder. So it got exposed to those colder temperatures and could acclimate and really change color properly. So again, 14 hours complete darkness is preferred or at least recommended by almost every website or book I read. And then obviously you want it to be in light. So during those bright hours, you want about 10 hours of that bright indirect light or filtered light in your south or west facing window. If you do it successfully and you keep up with it after about maybe eight weeks, two months of keeping that plant in darkness and then either moving it out to the bright light or just making sure the light is balanced With the dark, like if you have a room you don't go in very often that has a west or south facing window and like in Wisconsin here, it gets light at like seven and it starts getting dark at like four right now. It's ridiculous. It's like pitch black by five or whatever. Then you got your 10 hours of bright and your 14 hours of darkness right there. So if it's a room you don't use very often, that would be definitely the way to go. So after about two months or eight weeks or whatever, you should be able to start to see the leaves changing color and those flowers that look like buttons at the top of the stem start to emerge. Also keep in mind that if you just bought your poinsettia last year and it was this pretty unique color, there's a slight chance it might've been dyed and you can ask the nursery or wherever you got it from, they might know ahead of time whether or not it was altered at all. But if it was dyed, the chain the the change of the colors might be obviously a little different. It's not gonna obviously adopt a purple sparkly leaf. It might come out pink or something else, you know. And that whole process is why people consider this a temporary houseplant. They are so cheap these days. I mean, I got a six inch one for five bucks from Stein's. I mean, it's very, very pretty and me being me i plan on trying to get it to survive next year but if it doesn't work out very well and it's not very healthy then i might just try again with a new plant so that is why most people tend to just get new ones every year because the effort it takes to get it to change color is not necessarily worth it to them but it's really up to you it's up to you how you want to handle it but i just wanted to provide all the information just in case you want to try this year and into next year really so, that is how you get a poinsettia to rebloom. Pretty crazy, right? So, I really wanna know who has done it successfully. And I really want you to comment on my Instagram or Facebook post. Go to the poinsettia blog post that's on my website, houseplant-homebody.com, and let me know. Put it in the comments. Let me know if you've had success doing it a different way. I mean, we are all here to learn, and that is the point of this podcast, so please share whatever you can with us. If you have a place that has really good priced poinsettias or really unique ones, let us know too, because that's always fun. So we're gonna go over some quick facts then. So you're probably wondering where the name Poinsettia came from because I never really mentioned that. was actually from a guy named joel robert poinsett who was the first u.s ambassador to mexico who was appointed by andrew jackson in the 1820s apparently he found the poinsettia shrubs in the wild in mexico and took a cutting back to south carolina and he was the one that introduced them into the united states and they were named poinsettias by william prescott in honor of joel robert poinsett so that was how they were introduced and how they got named And December 12th is actually National Poinsettia Day in the United States in honor of Joel Robert Poinsett, who brought those beautiful plants to the United States, which ironically, December 12th is my niece's first birthday too. So that's fun to know. And the last fact I have for you is that the ASPCA lists this as a toxic plant on their website. It can cause irritation in their mouth and stomach and cause potential vomiting, although they do note that it's generally overrated in toxicity. So it's not saying your pet is going to necessarily die from the poinsettia. It is going to cause major irritation. And a lot of other websites and books that I checked out also mentioned that it's a big myth that it's a toxic plant and it's not necessarily going to kill your pet, but it can do some damage. So. Just to be safe, I'd keep it out of reach of your pets. And that is all the other facts I have. Thank you for listening to episode 22 of Houseplant Homebody, all about poinsettias. And this is just a reminder that you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com or follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And don't forget to join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts and exclusive content. Your support means everything and I can't wait to continue bringing you guys more and more plant bios and info. Don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts. From one houseplant homebody to another. We'll see you next time. But hello, it's me again on the end here. I just want to stop on and wish everyone a very happy holiday. I will still be releasing a podcast the week of Christmas on Tuesday the 22nd, so I won't be skipping over any weeks just because of the holiday, just to let you know. Um, If you have any specific topics you want to hear, let me know. Um, but otherwise, I will keep doing it through the holidays, no matter what. I also wanted to mention that I still have a newsletter that I send out pretty consistently, and I just wanted to throw that out there. If you do want to sign up, you can go on my website, houseplant-homebody.com to do that. And I also wanted to point out that I do have a blog post about all of the podcasts that I have been recording, so make sure you check out those if you want the information. Again, even though you listen to the podcast, you want to check something quick, it's all there for you. I also wanted to mention, I know I mentioned my social media, but I am on Patreon. So if you want to help support me, usually it's for me making sure that I can help run my website, help run the podcast platform I have, and all sorts of things. So the Patreon donations and just the support are really, really appreciated. And I wanted to mention that in the HH store, which I I just sent out recently, that I do have new little stickers in, but I will be getting new product in there at some point. I think I'm planning on getting rid of the prints that are in there and trying to add some either houseplant homebody merchandise or things that I've drawn in the past and put them on t-shirts or bags or stickers or whatnot so if you have anything that you would like to see from me let me know otherwise you guys have a great holiday and i will see you later